Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler along with Michael Sharp talking money and investing. And, okay, so Michael, talk a little bit about, say you got kids, you got young ones, and you're thinking about how do you save for their education? And you know, I remember back in the day when I first started, i <laughs> tell a quick story here, because I actually started in the life insurance industry and they were always trying to get us to sell life insurance policies as education savings vehicles even though you know the first couple of years everything you put into it just went to some <laughs> of the commissions and expenses for the insurance company and the accumulations were just abysmally bad uh so a lot of times I tell people, you may want to think twice about it. Some people say, well, it ensures it, it ensures the insurability of the child. And you know, it's like, yeah, I suppose you could make that case. But the likelihood of that, uh, that child being uninsurable uh, by the time they actually really do need life insurance to cover their income. That's the purpose of life insurance, by the way. The purpose of life insurance, too, is insure an income. A child doesn't have an income. So you're technically kind of getting a little bit off the beaten path. Some people do it. I just want to have something to bury him if I have to bury him. Well, you know, okay. Um, recognize it's a low, low risk event that you're putting a bunch of money into. And a very high risk event is that they're going to college. And they don't have enough money. If, right. they, if indeed you want them to go to college. I mean, not everybody has to go to college. But, you know, right. been a, lot of, a lot of the type of programs that we're going to talk about are available for use for trade schools now. Mm -hmm. Used to not be the case that some of these programs. So talk, let's start the conversation about that. We may have to s split this over a couple segments, but Michael, you know, some of the things education wise, things that people need to think about, uh, yeah. go on that. Yeah. And, and again, maybe, maybe it's grandkids too, you know, oh, your true. kids yeah, true. or, or grandkids true. that you're thinking about planning for. Um, but yeah, there's, there's quite a few different options that you have and, and it really depends on a couple questions that how you answer them. You kind of hit on it, but but number one is you know how important to you is it that they go to college, right? Like I think I think it really kind of comes down to your philosophy of parenting. People have just different philosophies how they're thinking about um, how important it was, and, and that, you know maybe um, you know your parents like made you go to college. And well, so, that, was, that was my I was just thinking my dad and my mom. It wasn't right. if it was where right exactly you know mm -hmm. um and and oftentimes those go those things swing right so now it's like well i want my kids to have freedom or or maybe it's the opposite like yeah i no one in my family went to college i was you know a, i don't a, want to break the trend right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, you know but being a groundbreaker and that's important like having yeah. creating new opportunities so it comes down to um you know, how do you view parenting? What's what's your philosophy on that and how important that is to you? And, and you may have one child that's that's college bound and the other one that's not. And sometimes these programs, we'll talk about that a little bit, too, is, is you know, some they, sometimes they allow you to change who the money actually goes to. So mm -hmm. uh, so talk. So talk a little bit about. So, number one, philo philosophically. Yeah. Uh, now, a lot of the programs and one of the programs we talk about a lot, 529s. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'll have you talk a little bit more about that, but they allow 
for payment for trade school. It used to be that was college, it, period, end of sentence. If you wanted to pay for trade school, you had to do an, a, a, an IRA, an education IRA, and that was it. And you had to do that type of a Coverdell, is what it was called, Coverdell IRA, period, end of sentence. And that's the only thing that would pay for anything prior to college. So, so talk uh, a little bit about that. Yeah. So if if the the value on on I really want my kids to go to college, like that's extremely important. I, I really value that. Um, then we're starting to lean more five to nine, and we can maybe get into the details. Um, the the other question is is how important is it to you to fund your kids just just in general, right? Like some again, kind of, kind of going, but it's kind of the second philosophical question of, you know, some people are like, I, I really, I want my kids to learn the value of work and work hard and, and working on their own. I don't really want to give them a whole lot of handout. And some it's like, I want to help them get a great start and their foot in the door and, and have opportunities that I didn't have. And, and that's going to help set them off in the right direction. So that that was my dad, by the way, it was, uh, my, my mom and dad's, it was paid for the first year and mm-hmm. then you figure it out. You're gonna finish, but you figured out. And uh, indeed I did, I ended up working, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and then ended up working at a company that had tuition reimbursement. So I, you know, I, I got real creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that can be a, you know, if you pay for, I'll pay for 50%, you pay for the other half of it, you know, whatever. It's just philosophically what it is, what is it that's really, what resonates with you as a good way of doing this? So mm-hmm. y- you have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the answer to those two questions kind of combined will will filter into one of the options. And and the main, you know, the main options are five to nine. Um, if and that's going to lean more um, college. Mm-hmm. Um, the other options being maybe an UTMA or maybe a personal account. Um, and potentially a Roth can could be used. Um, it's a little more rare, but it, but it could be used also. Talk about an UTMA. What is that? Yeah, so an UTMA, um, universal transfers uniform, to minor, uniform transfers, uniform to minor. transfers That's to minor. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but basically, it's it's kind of like a simplified trust, um, and and it puts yes. the assets in the child's name. Poor man's trust is yeah. what we used to call it. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. So you don't have to go to an estate planning attorney to draft the trust. Um, they're able to just kind of have this boilerplate language. Yeah, because, for you. because kids can't own, they can't have an asset. They can't have, they, they can't do that. So you had to have put it in a trust for them and then have a custodian for that, which is quite often the parent. And it's a completed gift. It's their money. And that's one of the negatives of it. It's their money. When they reach the age of majority, they can pull it out and go buy their girlfriend a cart and car or boyfriend a car. Or right, whatever. exactly. <laughs> so, and, and so it's kind of stepping back. The way I like to describe it when I've been talking with people is, you know, you when you're making the choice, you have tax advantage versus freedom mm-hmm. with the money. And, and you, so you're kind of how your mm, philosophy defines what what's more important to you is is having more of the tax advantage or having more of the freedom mm, and, i like that and that's kind of going to determine which direction you go on the one hand you have options that are more tax advantaged um so so the most tax advantaged but with the least freedom is going to be the 529 account right and so that is going to be if you are really highly value education you really want your kids to go to college um, although there are some options to, to kind of get out, you know, if, if they don't, but, but it's really going to be more for if they want to go to college. 
And what are the tax advantages? Yeah, so the tax advantages is going to be you, you put the money. It's it's kind of like a Roth. You put the money in after tax, and it's going to grow tax free. But then you get to take it out for education expenses tax free. So you get to take it out much earlier than the Roth. You get to use it for education tax free. Um, another. Go yeah, ahead. And qualifying expenses, you know, so you'll have certain qualifying expenses, you know, and, and for a lot of people, it used to be that, like I said earlier, no trade schools, but uh, now that's one of the things that you can do with that for. So good right. to know that. Right. And, and you can actually use it for um, some private schools as well, you know, so even earlier than college um, mm-hmm. in that case. Yes. Um, a- another advantage with it um, kind of from a tax and financial standpoint is that it, it qualifies as a parental asset on the FAFSA, mm-hmm. which means it's counted much less towards, you know, how it's going to give them more financial, financial aid, aid mm-hmm. um, whereas other accounts might be in the child's name. Great point. Which yes. Which qualify much huge higher. Huge disadvantage of the UTMA. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uniform, tra- uniform transfers to minors accounts we were talking about earlier. Because right. it's in the child's name. It's, it's their asset. Yeah. Right. Um, some other, you know, good qualities about the 529 um, is that you can change beneficiaries. So it's, again, the the parent becomes the account owner and the child is a beneficiary of the account. So as the owner, you can change who you want as a beneficiary. Mm-hmm. You can make yourself the beneficiary. You get Exactly, yeah, which is kind of, you know, wait, 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 wait. And, uh, you know, you've got child one that says, I'm going to school, you know, the, the firstborn. <laughs> you know, the, oh, isn't that, uh, it's, it's not always the case, but, you know, you see that a lot of times the firstborn is the real super responsible one because they're the one that's made to babysit uh, younger brother or younger sister. Uh, so a lot of times they may go to college and then the younger one may, may not, you know, it really depends. Uh, it be, I was the youngest one and you're going to college. I mean, like we said there, sometimes the parents are going to have a lot of say in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, let's say that you have one child that does not, they're just not college bound. They're not college material for one reason or another. You can transfer money from one child to the other one, change beneficiaries. Uh, if, and this is one of those things that's uh, one of the new tax rules, we won't get into this in too much detail, but if you end up with a situation where nobody goes and the money's been in there, you know, it's 15 years, uh, I think is, is the rule, yep. uh, then you can actually transfer it to a Roth IRA and, uh, it's not much money, but you know, it's, it's up to the contribution limits of the Roth. So it's not much, but it gets some of the money out of the 529 and for your own retirement. So you've got a little flexibility. Let's say nobody ends up or not all the money's used, mm-hmm. you know, so that can be another benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So um, all that to say, if, if education is important and you really want to fund it, the 529 is, is a really good option. We already hit a little bit on the UTMA, um, but that's kind of more in the middle of that freedom versus tax advantaged the, the advantage with the UTMA is that the, the assets are actually in the child's name, right? You're just the trustee now. Um, and so you have authority while they're a minor over how it's invested and, and what happens with it, as long as it's used for their benefit. But once they hit that age of majority, the assets go to their name. They can do whatever they want with it. The advantage over their lifetime is it's taxed at their tax rates, which is zero for the most part, unless it kind of goes over a certain threshold which for most people it doesn't so it's going to basically the earnings the growth on that money for the whole time that they're a minor is going to be taxed at zero and then they get that distribution they can do what they want with it if you 
plan to raise them right, mm-hmm. then you know you you like you said it, it, penalty of death if you don't uh, do something responsible with this money. So, but. so you're ready for a little trick, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little trick right here. So let's say you got a kid that's kind of going off the deep end, a little bit wayward. They got money in an up, and you're listening to this and going, "I've got a bunch," and I've used this. Not many times, not many times in my career, but I have used it. Uh, I remember a situation where I had where a, uh, a lady had a wayward child and uh, was going, oh my goodness, all this money is in his name in an UPMA account. What do I do, Paul? And I said, well, you know, like Michael just said, you have this thing. If it's used for his benefit, you can actually pull the money out of the UTMA and use it for his benefit. Now, let's say if the child were not wayward, but you've decided that this 529 seems like a better plan, you could use money that you would have spent for his benefit out of his utma and take the money you would have spent on that thing and then put it in a 529. Hmm. You can sneak it in there. And then there, now you've got some, some a little bit more of the tax advantage, and then you get a little bit more control back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's one of those things that you can do is that. Um, a little bit of sneak. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit trickery there, but you right. know, <laughs> yeah. we're entitled. <laughs> that's right. So uh, the 529, talk about there's different states that have different 529s. Talk a little bit about that. Right. And so that goes to the, um, really to the investment strategy. Um, and, and that's a common um, misconception, especially with um, younger investors, I find that uh, they confuse account type with investment. So, for instance, you might get a question: what mm-hmm. What's the return I can expect on a five two nine? Right, right, very yeah. Well, the five two nine is just the taxation of the account and and kind of how it's treated in that way. The return is how it's invested. So you could get. Mm-hmm. Any kind of return, you know. Super good point to make. Right. Super good point to make. It depends on the investment. If you put it all in a CD or, or a fixed account, like a money market account or something like that at the state, then your returns pretty much non-existent after inflation. Right. You know, versus, you know, using equities, you can you can potentially get a, a you know more a better return going and, and diversifying and doing the things that we always talk about on the show. Yeah. Right. Uh, but but like you said, each state has their own five two nine, um, and so that's another thing that's not commonly understood with them. Um, and and so some states have agreements with advisors where the advisor can basically sell the five two nine. Um, and make a commission on it in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but but basically, it's a state-run plan. So, you know, we believe, well, let's, you know, the state money is funding it, so we don't need to kind of make fees on that when they're the ones actually doing the management of it, not us anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a really wide-ranging different states have, you know, different options. Um, we generally recommend Utah, which uses, um, a, you know, really good institutional funds and gives us the ability to diversify it really well, actually. And and it may be a different state as well because of the situation is you may be in a state where you have a, ta- a state income tax. So if you have a state income tax, you may need to use the the plan in your in your state. Now, he mentioned one that we use and we've used other ones in the past. Let me just tell you what we're looking for, because it may change. You know, you may have a week from now we go, oh, we're not recommending that one anymore because there is a change in the plan. Typically, what we're looking for is states where you don't have 
stock picking, market timing, lots of access to institutional investments, uh, even you know states that we like have investment options that we don't like. So you gotta be really super careful. You know, you look at it and say, hey, I like that state, but that is something where you talk to us because you'll have dozens and dozens of investments in that particular state. And the reality of it is there are some of those you just simply would not want to use. But in general, what we're looking for is no active management, no stock picking, no market timing, uh, something where you're looking at the asset categories you're in, that you want to capture, like large and large value and small and small value. And then one of the things that we like about the particular state that he used is at this point, as, as time we're talking right now, is they let us actually choose the asset mix and they will adjust it based on the age of the child which is really key because as the child gets older, you're typically going to back off on your fixed income or on your equities and add more fixed income or more bonds to the portfolio as the child ages. Um, and then, you know, but, uh, but again, one of the things that can actually override this is if you happen to be in a state where you have a state income tax and we may really value the tax deduction for putting money into the 529 for that particular state. And, uh, you know, just keep that in mind as well. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a quick break and come back right after this. We're talking about educa education funding for the kids and things that you might want to be thinking about and things that you want to consider because there are a lot of different choices out there. How do we put money away for the next generation and make sure that, you know, we don't set it up in something that you can't get it back out or it's got a, you know, has a horrible potential for return, uh, maybe miss out, missing out on tax benefits that I could have in some things versus others and, uh, you know, just property rights and, and those types of things. The thing that I want to talk about a little bit more is the 529 uh and, and you just said that there that those well we kind of hit the investment i think we did that pretty well there mm -hmm. were some other things other things that you were thinking about as far as other options for saving for kids college education yeah so the kind of the the third main option um and and really it's in that that line again okay we have tax advantages 529 is going to be really tax advantage for saving for college but you don't have a lot of control you don't have a lot of freedom with the money if the control and the freedom of the money is is what's more important to you, then you you may just have a personal account, have it in your the money in your own name, so it's not for the kid's name at all. The disadvantage is that it's taxed at your own rates, you know, mm -hmm. so your income is, you know, usually higher than your. 16 year old or, or younger, but you can tax manage them and, and control the taxation on yes. it. As long as you don't have hyper buying and selling going on inside the account, there are things that you can do to tax manage it. So, yeah, right, right. Yeah, no, it's not the end of the world. Um, but, but the, the main value is that you have it, um, you could do whatever you want with the money. I don't think it's the end of the world. Cause I, I have, that's, <laughs> that's a big savings vehicle for me, my non-qualified account. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I actually like them. <laughs> Right, right. No, there's a ton of great uses uses for them. It's it, they're really they're really valuable. Um, but uh, yeah, so for for a college saving, you know, it, there's there's that fear. Okay, what if my kid does, you know, goes off the deep end, and I don't want to give them the money? What if they decide not to go to college? Well, you could just it's your money. You could do what you want with it. Yeah. Right. Um, and but and then again, you know, if if college isn't important to you, maybe um, you know it's 
putting a down payment on their first home or mm-hmm. sure. funding, you know, a car or, or a trip or, you know, something specific, you, you have the freedom to do whatever you want with that money. And, and make a quick point. If you have a 529 and they don't go to school, you know, got that Roth option we talked a bit, a bit about, but the worst case scenario, you end up paying taxes and a penalty on the gain in it. So you still get the money out of the 529. It's not like it's it's gone and you can't ever retrieve it again. So just don't think that that's the case at all. You think about it, you had tax deferral on the growth. You never paid taxes on the growth, so it would have grown more than if it had been taxed all along. So having a little bit of a penalty on that and some taxes isn't the end of the world. That would be a good example of uh, not the end of the world type of thinking. Right, right. You're not totally locked in with the 529 um, exactly. Um, so, you know, those are kind of the, the three main ideas. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes people can use Roth IRAs if, if you own a business and you want to put money in, uh, you know, pay your kids and then their tax rate zero and make a model for your company and, and uh, do work and empty the trash or whatever. You put the money in a Roth IRA. So there are all right. kinds of things, right. all kinds of stuff that does. Financial planning is endlessly creative if it's nothing else. And hybrid strategies using mixing between. Mixing between multiple. them. Absolutely. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more competent investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.